0: What's up, everybody? My name is CJ. And I'm Nate. And this is Word of Mouth Podcast. And the word is in our mouth. Come Come on, somebody. somebody. episode, we're entitling it, It's Testimony Time, and I'm excited because I'm going to be talking about my testimony. Revelation 12 verse 11 says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. God, we love you. We praise you. We glorify your holy name. God, today I ask that whoever listens to this podcast, that the testimony that you've given me, Lord, the the things that you've brought me out of, I pray that it'll bless somebody and let them know that even in the darkest situations, God, you are still victorious. In Jesus name, I pray. Amen. Come on, somebody. Well, if you notice, uh, I may sound a little different. Uh, And if you don't hear another voice, it is because Brother Nate happens to be gone today. Actually, this week, uh, he's preaching a revival for Brother Bobo, Pastor Bobo up in Redding, California. And I'm so stoked for him. This is his first uh, out-of-state revival. Uh, We preach in Arizona a lot, and, and most of us, we go to... Uh, globe somewhere close. It's it's maybe two to three hours, but he traveled. I think it was, I think he said 16 hours, man. So if you're praying and you're a prayer warrior, please pray for him this week. Uh, He needs your prayers. Uh, God's been dealing with him about a few things and uh, I'm just excited to hear the report of the Lord. Amen. But as you can see again, I'm by myself and I may sound different. I'm recording actually this episode in my work truck this morning. And uh, today, Monday, so that way if you listen to it Tuesday or Wednesday, you won't be confused. Oh man, he's recording this episode every day? That's crazy. No. Uh, First off, I I hate doing this, but I do want to apologize and say um, that, of course, we love our fans and we love doing this podcast. Life kind of hit us hard this last month, the whole month of January, after we put out the episode with brother... Uh, Joe Savala, which was a fantastic episode, and it ministered to me, it blessed me, and I hope it did the same thing to you, but uh, two weeks ago, last Sunday, I had my second baby boy, Levi Alexander Garcia, Uh, everything was good, he was born healthy, and I'm just, I'm thankful for what God's doing, and my first son, uh, when he was born, had to be flown out to Tucson Medical Center due to the fact of uh, he had a deviated septum, and, uh, and that, was, that was stressful, and when my next son came out and, and was born, <coughs> he, he started having a little bit of breathing problems, so we got a little scared, but bless God, uh, nothing was wrong. We were able to take him home within a day, and, and he's doing fine. He caught a little cold, uh, but he's doing great, and so life kind of just hit us hard, but I am here today, and I'm excited. I've been wanting to get this episode out for a while now. We've been wanting to talk about our testimonies and uh, really wanted Brother Nate to be here, but it's all right. Bless God. I'm excited for him. Anyway, amen. Uh, So my testimony, I'm praying that this blesses you. I'm praying that uh, it'll just help somebody. Now, both me and Nate, Brother Nate's testimonies are, are pretty much the same. We weren't raised in the church while well, brother Nate was uh, until he was real young and, and then he left but he'll explain that one of these days in his testimony but I didn't grow up in church. Um, I guess I just probably would start from the beginning. Um, well it all started with an orange basketball and if you don't understand that then <laughs> you probably didn't watch TV. Anyway uh, when I was a kid uh, I always I was I was just born and, and a lot of times people will hear when I talk about my testimony or if I talk about my family or if I talk about uh, anything in my life, I'll say my mother and my mother took care of me or my mother did this or my mom. When I say that, I always mean my grandma. I always mean um, the lady that raised me. My grandma was the one that raised me. I was about 14 years old. Um, My mom was an alcoholic. She, and this is just hearsay, this is what my mom told me, my grandma. Um, It was just hearsay that she was an alcoholic, and and when I was born, you know, she didn't want me or she couldn't take care of me. I don't know the exact story, but uh, there's also a story that went around that when I was a baby, that my mom didn't know that I was pregnant. And I need to just confirm all this with her. Uh, I do talk to my, my real mom now. But um, that when she was three months pregnant with me. She was still heavily drinking. And either the doctor told her or she needed to. That I needed to. Uh, or she needed to take a, a, a drink every day. Because otherwise I would have had withdrawals. Because I was already addicted as such a young baby in the womb to alcohol um but anyway long story short on that my my grandma took care of me all the way up till I was 14 and what's funny is I have a really good friend her name is Amy Luna Um, she goes to the Spanish Apostolic Church and as I when I was a kid I used to go to church with her and little did I know that they was actually apostolic but they did wear skirts and and they never cut their hair and, and they didn't wear makeup. And I always knew that they were different. I had grown up uh, Catholic. I had grown up um, doing catechisms. And and uh, in fact, I always tell a story that my first Holy Communion is, is where you go into and you tell the priest what you did for your sins. And he tells you to, to help save five Hail Marys and four Our Fathers. You learn how to do that. And then you take the body of Christ, your sacrament, and 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 everything, and you get this picture, you get a big box of all kinds of stuff, anyway, I went in that thing with a big old fat lip, man, I I had been riding my bike with my, my friend, and I was doing tail whips, and sure enough, I fell, and that handlebar went up into my lip, and I busted it, uh, but bless God, I had that priest come and put that bread in my mouth with the biggest fat lip I've ever seen in my life, <laughs> but I grew up Catholic, but I went to an apostolic church every once in a while with my friend, and And I didn't realize it. I didn't have no idea, but they were praying for me and, and I was introduced early, but I wasn't, I mean, I wouldn't call myself apostolic anyway. When I was about, I would say 10 years old, my, my grandma, she was diagnosed with colon cancer. Um, And it was severe, and and she had been starting to take chemo and and all kinds of other stuff. But uh, I was in karate, and I was about middle school. I was getting ready to go my freshman year. And around that time, I had seen my mom's hair fall out. I had seen her go through uh, when she cut herself. She'd extremely bleed because she was anemic. Um, And it, it was just, it was rough. It was hard. As a kid, and and I remember getting a job when I was about 12 years old at a company called Western Watts out here in Stafford, which was a calling center, and uh, I got fired because I was too young, but I, the, one of the biggest reasons I did that was so I could help pay the bills for my, my grandma, and so I remember sitting down with my grandma as I, as, as I heard her crying in her bedroom, really upset. She had four kids my uncles and my my two aunts and and they had all been druggies and alcoholics and um and there I am now she's taking care of me and she doesn't want me to be like this and and so I I ultimately went in there and I I started talking with her and and we were crying and she was telling me it's sad because I'll never be able to see you graduate I'll never be able to see you um get married. I'll never get to see you get your black belt. I'll never see any of this. And I remember telling her at about 12, 13, oh, 12 years old, uh, you will see me do all that. We're going to beat this. We're going to, we're going to have this. We're going to, we're going to win. And I remember going back into my room and sitting there in, in this dark area. Remember I grew up as a Catholic. All I knew was five Hail Marys and 17 Our Fathers. But I had no idea how to pray. I had no idea what I needed to do to pray. But I remember laying there, crying, looking up at the ceiling. And I began to say, God, I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm young. And my my grandma's everything. My mother is everything to me. And, and I can't lose her. Would you please do something? Would you heal her? Would you, would you do it so she could be with me for for my life, and I'm not going to lie to you, I didn't hear no voice from God, I didn't hear no booming sound from heaven as the floodgates of heaven opened up, and and hallelujah, there was angels feeling, like, no, there was absolutely nothing, dead silence, as I sat there looking up at my ceiling fan, I made a decision that day, and I said, God, I hate you. And I I, I will never follow you. I'll never believe in you. That was it. I made my decision. I stopped going to church, of course. I stopped going to catechism. And and I met this girl who we started dating. And, and, uh, of course, she happened to be a girl from Mississippi. Amen. And uh, she her family smoked man I remember them they went to Mississippi and they bought a bunch of marble red 100s and they'd had packs of them uh, cartons in the back of their car and she actually introduced me into smoking and about prior to that about 11 years old about maybe 10 to 11 I had been drinking with another good friend of mine and and uh, I remember we, we hit a bottle of Bacardi 151 in, in the desert somewhere and we ended up drinking half that whole or that whole bottle which was only half full and we ended up walking to a football game completely drunk and just that was my life I remember going to parties and as a young age and and we would sneak and lay down on the back of trucks at one in the morning and it'd be freezing but we'd go into a party and and then of course when I was about 13 12 13 years old I started smoking uh, I remember my mom finding out that I had been smoking. At this point in time, um, we were at the doctor's office, and the doctor had told me that my mother only had, or my grandmother, excuse me, only had six months to live. And this was uh, about six months before Christmas. And uh, and so I was upset. So I I ended up we ended up selling everything in my house, and I actually came clean to my grandma. I said, Grandma, I just, or I would say, Mom at that time, um, Mom. I'm sorry, I've been going through a lot, and I, I've started smoking, and, and I remember her asking me if I would quit, and I, I said, yeah, I would quit, um, anyway, fast forward a couple months, I, uh, I ended up having to move with my aunt and uncle, bless their heart, up in Tucson, Arizona, and for some reason, I despised them. I when my me and my mom would go up there I hated them I hated staying the weekend over there I I couldn't stand it they were these born-again Christian people who just annoyed the living daylights out of me Uh, I remember talking to people and telling them (laughs) I remember telling them uh hey I have to go over here And, and and it's annoying because I can't even walk outside with them without them bringing up a bible verse about how walking outside you got to walk the path of life, whatever it was in, in, this, in the Bible it says and man, I hated that so much and just I think I don't know what put to, what to say about it. I just I completely hate it and to come to find out that now I have to live in this house with these people that I hate <laughs> and uh, I was upset and my mom's dying and this was just a horrible horrible situation to me. Well, anyway, um, we hit Christmas. My mom is sick. She's in hospital, or in hospice up in Tucson. And I started school at Tucson High Magnetary School. And, and uh, it was a big change for me big, huge, dramatic change. I went from a school uh, in Safford, Arizona with about 900 kids total that's freshman, junior, or sophomore, junior, and senior. And then I moved into a school that had a thousand just in the freshman class. And so it was a big change. This this thing was huge. Um, I was going through a lot and, <laughs> and anyway, my, my, I come to find out that three days, January 18th, that's three days before my birthday, um, uh, I had just gone and seen my mom in the, in the hospice and on January 18th, um, my, my mom, my grandma, she passed away. The colon cancer got her. And, and, um, anyway, I, I, I remember coming home after school and my uncle telling me, and it was almost like this, this. It wasn't like I don't know how to explain it. I went into my room and I just began to cry. That was my mom. That was my life. That was my everything. And and I didn't know what to do. And I decided at that moment that no longer was I going to shed a tear for anybody. Was I going to cry? Was I going to was I going to get upset? And uh, I began to look very very uh emo i guess you could say i would skate and i listened to heavy metal and and <laughs> i was that emo goth kid that awkward stage where <laughs> you wear uh i hate telling the story everybody makes fun of me but you you put black sharpie on your nails and you wear eyeliner and you, you want tattoos and <clears throat> and all kinds of crazy stuff and you go to heavy metal concerts and i had the ska haircut my ears were gauged to double zeros i had um, the bottom of my tongue pierced. I had my eyebrow pierced. I eventually were to get snake bites and all kinds of stuff. And and so I went through high school. I smoked. I, I we would. I had this guy come. We would meet at the bus stop every day. And and he'd of, of course always have some weed on him. So we would we would you know just toke it up right then and there and and go to school. I go to school high. I remember my so, my junior and my senior year we met this group of people me and my friend um we'd hang out with them up on the third story of the tucson high building and every morning and we would talk and we would go to this place called the corner store we'd get our dr pepper we'd get like chips and somebody would sneak in a bottle uh either it was a water bottle or um some sort of, of clear bottle with absinthe um tequila in there whatever it was and we would drink half of our half or three-fourths of our Dr. Pepper and then fill the rest up with the with all of that and we would just I was drunk at school I remember sneaking girls into my house into this born-again Christian house I remember uh, sneaking alcohol me and my buddy we got so drunk in my house one time that I ended up going to work with alcohol poisoning, it was horrible, and it was just, I thought it was the life, and I thought that's how it was supposed to be, parties, um, girls, and, and just fun, and just living your life, and whatever, I remember one time, it was my senior year, it was it was right before um, prom, and I went to a party, I was trying to get into the Navy, and uh, they didn't accept me, that's a long story, but I, I decided that I wasn't going to go anymore, and I went to this party. We got super baked, but I was smoking with guys that had been smoking for almost their whole life, I guess, and they had laced it with something, and I had the most craziest trip I've ever had, and and that was just, that was that. That was the life. That was my life, and so when I graduated high school, I decided to come back to Safford and try to go to EAC. I loved choir. I loved um, anything to do with music. I played guitar. I play Uh, drums I play bass and and I sing and and so I decided to go to EAC and and try to do a music degree or whatever and of course I went two years and I did a lot of music but I never got my degree Um, but at this time I was still smoking I was still drinking but I wasn't really doing it as much I got a job at the boys and girls club of the Gila Valley and and, uh, this lady, she took me in basically and, and had me volunteer for a while. And then I became a paid uh, employee through a grant. And, um, unfortunately later on down the line, when she, uh, quit the boys and girls club, she was the, the director of it. Um, she was later killed by her husband who then killed himself. And, and that was heartbreaking to me because, um, She became like a mom. I remember going to her house and and we would go horseback riding and and I just, I absolutely loved her. So prayers for the family. Um, This was several years ago, about seven years, eight years ago. Uh, But this this lady by the name of Amy Staten, who would later become, I believe she's my cousin. (laughs) Uh, She had came in as director and I, I don't know, we just clicked. Something happened. And she she promoted me from just a staff member to um, the assistant and um, like assistant director or whatever. I don't know what it was uh, over program. And so um, I noticed something different about her. She would wear skirts and she would uh, she had long hair and always sweet, always kind and just had this presence about her. Of course, at this time, I, I had short hair, but I had snake bites. Um, actually I ended up taking them out. Um, uh, my gauges were sewn up due to the Navy and I was still drinking. I was still smoking. I was partying and I was dating a, uh, a Mormon girl actually. And it had been quite some time. And, <laughs> uh, anyway, she started bringing all these weirdos, just kidding. All these people into the workforce, into the place where I'm working. And, and all of a sudden, this, this place became a apostolic revival center, no, uh, there were all these apostolic young people coming into work, we had the art director, we had the music director, um, and, and just other workers would come in, and uh, they were all wearing these girls would wear skirts, the boys, you know, they always were clean cut, and, and good boys, and all kinds of stuff, and. I started hanging out. Well, what really happened was, was I started taking a liking to what would later be my wife. She was the music uh, director at the Boys and Girls Club. And uh, I started taking a liking to her. She had a boyfriend and and I had a girlfriend, but eventually they broke up. And I broke up with my girlfriend, and which was a, a blessing. <clears throat> but I started hanging out more with these people. She would invite me to church my 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 soon-to-be wife or my I don't know how you would put that anyway um Sarah sister Sarah would put would invite me to church invite me to youth and I'd go and and uh I just I'd go there and I'd wear my pants and my flannel and and God was just working on me man I didn't even realize it and one day a service had come we were a brother actually it was brother Joe Savala who we had about a month ago on this podcast and he came in and I remember sitting on the front row and I'm listening to him and he's preaching on repentance and I had no idea now mind you um, this is about eight years after my mother died my grandma so I hadn't cried I told you I promised I said I wouldn't cry I hated God I was agnostic I got in tattoos which was so funny because I have a tattoo on my right arm of a cross I have on my chest, she will always be watching, meaning my grandma. And obviously there was a thought of heaven and I have an angel on my right calf (laughs) and something was going on, but I just, um, I just hated God. I have friends that would tell you, I'll get to that part later, I guess. Um, but anyway, he's preaching on repentance and I, I don't know, God just hit me and I remember running to the altar and I remember putting my hands down and just my head down on that altar. And I just began to weep and tell God, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I hated you. I'm sorry this. And I, I can't even remember. It's been six years. and But I began to cry and I felt this weight begin to lift off my shoulders. And, and all of a sudden I, I stood up and Brother Savala was there and he, he asked me, you know, how do you feel? And I said, I, I feel amazing. And, he said, well, that's not all for you. He said, you must be baptized. That's what you have to do next. And I said, yes, sir. Um, and I remember going to my pastor and I said, hey, I, I, I want to be baptized. And, and so we set, scheduled it for the next next Sunday. And I, I ain't going to lie to you. I was scared out of my wits end. Um, <laughs> uh first off let me explain that when I walked into the church first time and I heard my pastor who I love and adore who ended up being my father-in-law as well uh speak in tongues I asked my wife I said does your dad know Hebrew and she had to explain to me um what what tongues was um and I so I just thought these people uh are, are are interesting and a little bit crazy, but there's something different. The music is fantastic. That was what, one of the things that pulled me in was the music at my church. And and anyway, I I started looking up on YouTube apostolic or Pentecostal baptisms. And I watched as people would be baptized in Jesus' name. And they'd come out and, and bless God, everybody would be freaking out. I don't know what I was thinking. I had no idea that I thought... I had seen a Christian baptism before, but I don't know. It was just, I was intrigued. I wanted to know what it was and I, before I went off and got myself into it, I guess. And anyway, come Sunday, uh, my real mom is actually at service. I'm getting baptized and, and uh, pastor preaches. And next thing you know, we head for the water and I get in. And I don't think I've ever shared this with anybody, but I get in the water and my pastor's looking there and my, my real mom's there. And, and my, my wife happened to be playing the piano at that time. And, and I had all these people, all this, all these people who cared about me, who loved me, who, who just, who wanted the best for me surrounding me. And, and I remember thinking to myself, I'm like, God, this is, this is amazing. And and just, I know what this is now. I know you're going to cleanse me. I know you're going to wash me. And as my pastor put his hand on my forehead, and he put me down in the water, um, I came out. And mind you, I was baptized in Jesus' name, which is the only way to be baptized biblically. And we've taught that. But as I came out of the water, my hands threw, threw straight up in the air and I began to speak in other tongues. I began to speak right in front of my real mom, right in front of all these people. And at that moment, I knew that it was real. It was a sign. It was, it was something that told me that, hey, this is real. You've never done this. You've never, you hated God. And here you are, baptized in his name. And you're speaking a different language as the spirit gives the utterance. And from that on, that, that changed my life. I changed everything about me Uh, I just remember feeling free I remember feeling the bondages of of Sin and and death were off of me And I began to Go home At this time I was living with a a really good friend of mine um, Who had a girlfriend And she'd be smoking weed all the time I remember going home and I would I'd go home and I'd look at all my DVDs My movies that I knew were Disgusting, and, and I knew that they were filthy, and I began to throw them away. I began to uh, change my life completely because God did it, and and it wasn't. I'm gonna tell you right now. A lot of people will sit there and say, "Oh, you when you go to an apostolic church, it's a bunch of rules and regulations." No, I didn't have anybody tell me to do this stuff. I had the Spirit, the Holy Ghost, tell me, get rid of that junk. When you want to live for God, I'm telling you right now, God will convict you about things, and God will tell you that you need to get rid of junk in your life. Because right now, if you want to go ahead and fill up your house with a bunch of junk, the Bible is, is, is pretty clear on that. It says that basically that the house is clean and, and it's pushed out every the devil that was in there that, that took over that house. And next thing you know, he goes and he gets seven other demons and he comes back home and it's clean and it's spotless. And he comes and he just messes you up. And I had preached a message not too long ago about the fact that you just need to, you need to fill your house with something. And so I began to fill my house with stuff, with things of God. I wanted to get rid of all the dirty and all the nasty and fill my house up with God. Um, And so I started doing that. I started, um, you know, I I easily, I, I quit smoking. I quit drinking. I never, I never wanted to go back. Not saying I've never been tempted before. Uh, the devil's an idiot, and um, he's a liar, and he's put things in my life sometimes where I've thought, oh, you know, I, I drive truck, my wife won't know, I'll, I'll just smoke this, and I work with smokers, and I can blame it on them, and blah, 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 all kinds of junk, but the Holy Ghost came in, and he changed my life, and so um, next thing you know, I, I, I'm, doing, I'm doing great, I'm doing fine, and, and I have the Holy Ghost, and we are having, we are having revival, and, and I'm just... I'm completely thankful for what God has done for me. I'm thankful because I have my wife, who I would have never had. She would have never married me if I had never got the Holy Ghost and wasn't in church. Now, I will say this. Ladies, if you're listening, don't just settle down. Don't just, don't just say, you know what? This is it for me. You set standards. My wife, man... People like to use this all the time. Will... Uh, Sarah was a pastor's daughter And she married basically a slum And so that'll work out No, no, no She told me I'm telling you this right now Before we ever got married And her dad They said Well, congratulations You got the Holy Ghost But if you want to date my daughter You're going to have to wait six months Because they didn't want me to come in Get the Holy Ghost Leave and take their precious daughter away And she wasn't going to let me do that So ladies, set standards for yourself let let men know what that they need to be men and they need to be Holy Ghost filled men and, and that they need to praise and pray and study and that, that you have standards that you're not just going to give yourself away. The only person you give yourself away to is Jesus Christ. Anyway, that's a little side marketing. Um, but anyway, so I I, I marry my wife about a year after being in church and and God's doing things. We become youth leaders. And uh, and ever since then, I mean, now We've been. God has been just so good to me, and we have two beautiful, healthy boys, and all this would have been different. I tell people all the time, there's a possibility I could have been dead. There's a possibility that I'd be in jail. There's a possibility uh, that all this stuff would have just taken me down the bad path, and I wouldn't be here right now. But bless God, thank you, Jesus, for what you did for me. We are overcome by the blood of the Lamb. When you go down in baptism and you take on that precious name, you are now covered by the blood of the lamb and we are overcome by the word of our testimony. Thank you for listening. Let's just pray. God, we love you. Lord, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you for your mercy. God, I thank you for your grace. God, I love you so much and I'm so thankful for what you did for my life. I'm thankful. God, that you've taken a sinner like me, God, that you loved me when I was yet a sinner, and you died for me, you shed your blood for me, God, so that I may be free from sin, free from bondage. God, I'm so thankful for my family, I'm thankful for my friends, I'm thankful for my church, I'm thankful for all the listeners that heard me today, and I pray, God, that as somebody listens to this testimony, I pray that it will help them in some way. I pray, God, that it'll give them courage where they need courage, and that that it's all right you know you could hate God and and you could do all that but God is still reaching God is still loving and God is still holding his hand out for you and you can make it I'm praying for those that are struggling with addictions God and let them know that that it's it's by you God if they were to truly surrender they were truly to let the Holy Ghost come and direct their path that they can be delivered and set free from the addiction thank you God in Jesus name I pray amen. Come on, somebody.